we're talking about the good news. And that word uh, is used throughout the, the, the four, first four books of the, of the New Testament, and they're called the Gospels. And this, this gospel uh, literally translates good news. And last week, uh, Dave was talking about the good news of the kingdom. And just the beauty of that, that there's this place where everything is as it should be, right? And it's a, it's a beautiful place. Uh, Dave started to talk about the imagery, that it's not just this location. In fact, uh, I've got a, a verse that I wanted to share with you that kind of explains this. Uh, it's out of Luke chapter 17, if you want to put that up there. Uh, Luke chapter 17, 20 through 21, sorry. Once... On being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that, we can, that can be observed, nor will people say, here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. And so uh, Dave was mentioning how the kingdom of God isn't like this place you can point at. It's not, you know, we, we send, in, in the story it talks about our mission trips to Swaziland. Swaziland is a kingdom. And uh, that's, that's not what we're talking about when we're talking about God's kingdom. It's not a place you can point at and say, okay, if you just go right over there, you can go be inside God's kingdom. It has no boundaries, no borders, but it's something that is very, very real. In fact, it's a, it's a thing that we is, is in our midst. It's like right here, right now. It's, we're in the presence of the kingdom of God. And so we're going to be talking today about how we actually enter into that kingdom because that's... One of the, the mysteries you're probably wondering is like, wow, like that thing that Dave talked about last week is a cool thing. How do I actually join up with it and, and get into that and, and actually live out the kingdom in my life? Because this, this kingdom, the prophets talk about it leading up to the time before Jesus showed up and they said, it's going to be like this, it's going to be so amazing. There's going to be so much peace there that lions will even lay down with lambs and there's going to be no need for uh, for weaponry, for, you're gonna, we're going to beat our swords down to farm equipment, into plowshares. That's, that's the type of kingdom that God wants to bring, this kingdom that's full of peace, full of life, that, that actually, where relationships actually work the way they're supposed to work, where they're life-giving instead of tearing us down. This is, this is what God's kingdom is all about, where we can actually experience joy and peace instead of experiencing chaos and unrest and isn't that just kind of what we experience in this world, right? It's like there's so many things, so many tragedies uh, that we experience, and we want something more. Don't you guys want something more? Yeah. All right. Do you want to hear about the, the invitation, what Jesus is trying to do to get us to enter into his kingdom? <laughs> do you want to hear more about that? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good. I'm I, unless you guys are all good, we can just go out and tie-dye and, and call it good for the rest of the day. <laughs> Let's, just because it's such a hard concept, the kingdom. Jesus, in fact, uh, when Jesus preached, Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom. So your first blank there is Jesus preached good news and he called it the kingdom of God. And that's what he preached for three years before he, before, he never said the good news is my death, burial, and resurrection. He said the good news is the kingdom of God. And he said that that kingdom can be on earth as it is in heaven. We can experience it here today. And it is just as good as heaven on earth when, when it's actually experienced. 
Um, but it's hard to understand, so let me use a concrete example of something that many of us have experienced and almost all of us, I'd assume, know about. And it's this thing that is often called the happiest place on earth. It has a first name of something and then kingdom. Do you guys know what it is? The magical kingdom, right? It's like, it's Disneyland. And I, I use Disneyland as an example because the God, kingdom of God is a thing where when you enter into it, nothing is the same as it was before you walked in. And that's exactly what happens when you walk into this, into Disneyland, right? You might have been on like road, road rage on your way to Anaheim, and then you walk in there and you're like hugging on Mickey and taking pictures for strangers, right? It's like, it's, and paying way too much for pizza. I mean, it's like, and you're happy about it. I don't know what it is, but it's just like, you'll stand in line for hours with a smile on your face, and it's because you're in this different place, right? And, and that's, <clears throat> that's this, this magical kingdom. Um, but last time I was down in, uh, in this area, I actually wasn't able to visit. I went into uh, LA and got on a cruise ship, and it was our, my wife and I's 10-year anniversary three years ago, and we jumped on a cruise ship in Long Beach, went down into Mexico, came back up, and then we had one night to stay in Hollywood um, on our way back before we flew out. And so we got, uh, we got into Long Beach, and we're thinking, okay, let's just grab a taxi and get to Hollywood. And then we Got off the cruise ship in the morning, looked up an Uber, and it's going to cost like 120 bucks to get, because it's like so far apart. I hadn't been to like LA since I was in high school, and it's, it's like an hour drive to get from Long Beach to Hollywood, and I didn't realize that, and so we're like looking for other options. My wife is really resourceful. She finds this public transportation page, and we get bus ticket, or uh, train tickets for like three bucks, so I'm all about, I'm cheap, so I'm all about saving the money and paying three bucks instead of 120 bucks. And just, just get this, like, we just jumped off a cruise ship, and you can just imagine, like, I'm in, I'm in, like, khaki shorts, flip-flops, and you can just, for the sake of argument, let's just say I was, like, in a Hawaiian shirt, okay? And a camera, <laughs> okay? And, and my wife is 20 weeks pregnant with our daughter that's almost three now, Hazel, and, and then we also have all of our luggage, from this, this trip, right? So this, this is the, the, the scene that's going in. We get on this train, and we start going, and about two blocks outside of downtown Long Beach, I start seeing, you know, bars on businesses, and I'm going, okay, this is interesting. And then you get a little further, and it's like not this rail that goes underground like a subway, but it's actually above ground, and then you get a sea out. And I'm looking out, and I'm seeing houses with bars, and I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. Let's see where this thing goes. I read on the map, and it's like, oh, this goes right through the middle of Compton. That's nice. You know, it's like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I got my pregnant wife, and so I like get a little closer to her, and I'm like, I gotta make sure my passport's like right up in my pocket, and got all my luggage, and I'm like trying, I'm like in Uber protect mode, you know, like I'm figuring out how I'm gonna go Chuck Norris on somebody if they come up to me. You know, and, and there are people, they're like trying to sell me stuff and they're, they're trying to ask me for money. And man, I was just in this place of complete insecurity, you know, and obviously it was a place where you should feel that way because if there's bars on your house, 
doors and windows, then uh, there's good reason for that, right? So, uh, so I, I, but then my heart kind of changed and I started, I saw some kids on the train and I realized that this is a place where people actually grow up. You know, when I was growing up, I grew up in Idaho, I, I didn't have to worry about whether or not adults around me were going to actually look out for my best interest because almost all of them were, right? And can you just imagine growing up in an environment where everybody is looking out for only themselves, and if they can take advantage of you, they might, right? And so this is, this is like this, this place of insecurity. And it was just this, this contrast I started to see. And I, I remembered a story. There was a, a Washington State uh, running back, where I was living up in Pullman, Washington at the time, uh, who had told me he grew up in this area, and he was only a f- couple miles from the beach. Never ever got the chance to go to the beach. It was just because he was living in this world, and literally it was like he was in a prison. They'd have to go to school and straight home and stay inside all day. You couldn't go out and play because it's not safe to do that, right? And you're just thinking, man, can you imagine? Can you imagine living like within a couple miles of Disneyland as a kid and never being able to go? Like this is, this is the type of dichotomy that I'm, I'm imagining, this this happiest place on earth versus this place that's just full of insecurity and chaos. And I think that's the, the picture that, that we should have as we're trying to think about the kingdom. You've got this place where everything is as it should be. In fact, my brother went to Disney uh, a few years ago and he was telling me this story about how you go inside and everything's perfect, by the way. Everything's clean. Everything's like immaculate. I haven't been there in a long time, so I wouldn't know. But he said he, he walked up. There was like this tent thing around this railing. And he was wondering what it was. And it was like had foliage that blended in with the foliage behind the railing. And he walks up and he looks around. And there's like this dude like painting the railing inside of this. But you can't see him because he's got like this little tent canopy around him. So it's like you can't even see the maintenance taking place in this, you know, it's like they have an underground system of tunnels, just so you come in and you experience this amazing place. You don't even see what's going on. There's more, a lot more going on than meets the eye. And then you have this, this place right outside the gates that's full of things that aren't so good, right? And, and just, just imagine, um, this is, this is kind of what we experience, right? It's like we're living in this world, this kingdom, is kind of here, but kind of not. We kind of get these glimpses of greatness, these glimpses of God's goodness in our lives. We, I don't know if you've ever been in that place where you had a, just a great meal, and you're with really good friends, and you, you ha- you're having great conversation, and you're just like, this is like heaven right now, you know? Like, I experienced that last night, had a couple, or not last night, last week, had a couple people over Saturday night. I grilled up some steaks, and somehow they were like the best steaks I've ever made. Sometimes they're the worst steaks, you know, but this time they were the best steaks. And, and you know, they're just, it was just amazing. Just, oh, man, this is so good. And sometimes you experience that in life. You get these glimpses of the kingdom, right? Um, but then it kind of fle- goes away, and you're in the midst of this chaotic world. Are you guys tracking with me? Do you know what I'm, it's like, you experience it. It's like you're, it's like you're like three miles outside of Disneyland. You've got bars on your windows, but you can still see the, the fireworks going off every night. You know what I mean? It's like, wow, I can see it. I can kind of understand what it would be like if I was to go over there, but 
I'm, I'm still outside. And so today, the message that we're talking about is how we actually get inside the kingdom and this invitation that God has for us. Now, uh, we serve a God that is unlike any other king that we've ever seen throughout history. This king, the king of the kingdom, uh, the kingdom is the place where God, where, where, where the king reigns, right? Where God reigns perfectly. And so uh, the, the thing that has to happen for God's kingdom to reign perfectly is he's inviting us in to say, hey, make me your Lord. Make me the God of your life and I will direct your paths towards paths of peace. Um, I will, I'll make your, your path straight. I will take you down the narrow road that leads to life. Uh, but if you're not willing to follow me, then you're going to go down this path that's wide and that leads to destruction. And I want you to experience a path that leads to life. And he's saying, but, but come on, come, come follow me. Come enter my kingdom. Come and come my way. But he's not going to force us to follow him. Do you get it? Like, he's not going to say, you have to come follow me because we don't, we have a different kind of king that we follow. He's not a tyrant like any other king we've read about in the history books. He's a very loving and benevolent king. But here's the rub. Here's the rub. We don't want a king, right? We do not want a king. If we're honest with ourselves, I want to be master of my own domain. And I've kind of had this experience a little bit personally. Now, over uh, about six years ago, my wife and I bought a duplex. And we fixed it up, and we got renters, and then we did it again. We bought another duplex, and so I, we own a couple duplexes. And, uh, and so for the last six years or so, I've been the landlord. So I gotta be, I gotta be the master of my domain. I gotta decide what we were, we were gonna do to the houses, how we were gonna renovate them, uh, what renters we were gonna choose, uh, what were our uh, rent prices, the, the, you know, the contracts, and all these things. I, I gotta decide. And then, and then people gotta sign on to my dotted line, right? And then we got called to come to Utah. Six, you know, more than six months ago. We showed up about six months ago. And, uh, and re just really felt like God wanted us here. But we didn't want to take the time to go and buy a house because it would take us longer to get here. And, uh, and we just felt like we needed to be here as soon as we possibly could. So we decided, okay, it's time for us to rent. And so I went from being the landlord to having a landlord, right? <laughs> and, uh, and so, and our landlord really cares about the property we're at because they bought it so they could retire into this house in five years. Okay, so, and then he, the, the guy, the husband has a shop in the back of the, the property where he parks trailers and like RVs and stuff. And then, but sometimes it's like his man cave. He likes to work on his motorcycle back there. So he's there a lot. And then he's like coming out and like, I'm in my backyard, just kind of like trying to catch some sun and he's talking to me. I'm like, okay, dude. I'm just hanging out. I want, to, I want to chill right now, okay? And then you're making comments about, you know, how we're keeping things. And you're just like, chill, man. This is my backyard. Just give me some space, right? <laughs> it's like, and then he, you know, he'll show up in person to get the rent because he wants to come inside and he wants to see the state of the inside. Make sure I'm not, you know, tearing the place down or anything like that. And then, you know, a few weeks ago, he got like a really sweet deal on trees at Costco. So he bought like six or ten trees and then just planted them all over the yard in weird places. And you're like, what in the world does that make sense for? I have no idea. But now I have to mow around it, you know, and you're just like, and the guy, is, he's a really nice guy, first of all. And so if you're listening to this, sorry, dude. Um, <laughs> I don't think it comes to K2. But, 
it's not really his fault. He's a good dude. Um, but I don't want somebody looking over my shoulder. I don't want somebody calling the shots for my life. I want to be, you know, the king of my own domain. I want to be the one who gets to do what I want to do. And I don't want other people telling me what I can do and what I can't do, right? How many of you are with me? Don't tread on me. I'm from America, right? I'm from the West. Uh, this, this is kind of the way we are, the way we live, the way we want to live, right? And, and that kind of just rubs in the face of this kingdom thing because God's kingdom, God's kingdom requires us to make him the king of our life, right? So he wants to be the king of our life um, and he wants to make peace where there's chaos in our life. But that requires us to actually go his way uh, rather than going the way we'd want to go. And the problem is, is most of the time we want to go whatever way we want to go and we don't want to go the way he wants to go. And so we've received this invitation. You know, we're like this, we're like this you know, nine-year-old in East Compton who got the mailer for Disneyland, right? It's like, and, and it's like, got really excited and saw and been like, man, I've been watching the fireworks of this place for years and run up to mom and you're like, hey mom, let's go, let's go to, let's go to Disneyland. I, wa I wanna go and actually see what's inside. And then your mom grabs this, this mailer and, and goes, oh, well, it's 195 bucks a pop, which is what it costs to go to Disneyland. Can you believe that? Uh, if, if even just two of us go, because you can't go by yourself, you're nine, that's $400. We can't afford that. You can't come. It's like we, we've received the invitation to come into the kingdom, but we can't afford the price tag, right? The, the price tag is we have to give up our life. The problem is, is that we really like our life. Right? And Jesus speaks into this. He's trying to coax us into a whole different way of thinking when he uh, teaches on the Sermon on the Mount. And there's this passage in the book of Matthew where he really uh, brings this up. Let's, let's head there real quick. It's Matthew 6, uh, 31 and 32. It says, Do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Let's keep going. But, oh, actually, let's not go there yet. I'm going to ruin it. All right, so what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Aren't these things that consume a lot of our thought process? I, I'm just going to speak for myself. I think a lot about myself. Um, it's hard because I'm in this body, and, and it's hard to get outside this body, right? And so actually thinking about what, I'm gonna, what I want to eat tonight where I want to lay my head down, like what kind of house I'm going to live in, what kind of car I'm going to drive, like all these things, like they want to consume me. They want to actually drive my life. They want to direct how I spend my time and my energy. And in fact, we'll go and we'll work like, like a dog, 70, 100 hours a week sometimes, so we can control these factors, right? So we can be the God of our own world, where we can actually say, I'm going to control my, my circumstances, what home I live in, what car I drive, what food I eat, what clothes I wear. So people look at me and they see a certain perception of me. But the problem is, is that is what Jesus says is what the pagans run after. That's, that's what everybody in the world, he does, he's not trying to 
He's not trying to label anybody. He's not trying to say anything bad about anybody. He's just saying, all the rest of the world is doing that, right? And look at what it brings. When we're running after that, it brings war. It brings destruction. It brings calamity. It brings all sorts of uh, disruption to peace. And I want you to live in peace. And so I'm going to give you a whole different priority structure. If you want to be in my kingdom, here's what you got to do first. You got to seek first his kingdom, the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and then all these things. What things? What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Don't you know that? Each day does have enough trouble of its own, right? So Jesus is saying, hey, if you are willing to give up yourself and actually, first of all, come in and just build my kingdom, like I want to partner with you. Jesus doesn't just want us to come and live in the kingdom, like he wants us to come and help him build it. Like he's saying, man, there's people that are experiencing extreme chaos and I want them to experience my peace. There are people who are living in shame and brokenness and that are living in addiction and they're, they're trapped. It's like they're in jail right now. They need my love. They need my forgiveness. They need to hear about my grace. I want you to come in and I want you to be a part of my kingdom and I want you to go out and I want you to extend my invitation to other people as well. This is what Jesus is inviting us to do. And he's saying that if you do that, if you live that sort of life, guess what? I will take care of all your needs. You don't have to worry about what you're going to eat, drink, or wear. All the stuff that's consuming your life, that's consuming your world, that stuff will be okay. You don't have to worry about that stuff. Just worry about today and worry about what I've set in front of you for today. That's enough. Doesn't that seem... Like something a lot better. Like when we partner with God, let me tell you something. When we partner with God, we have peace. We do. When we decide to work against God's agenda for our life and for the lives of the people around us, we invite chaos into our world. Let me go there with you. James chapter 3 says this. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you'll find disorder in every evil practice. If I only care about me, if I care about what I want, if I'm envying for things, if I'm looking after myself first before the people around me, then disorder and all the bad things are going to come into my life. That's what we're inviting in when we're trying to seek for self. Does that make sense? We're inviting disorder. We're inviting chaos. We're inviting all the worst things that you can imagine right into our house where we think we're taking care of ourselves. We're making sure I take care of my own house and then I'm going to go out and take care of other people's house. No, Jesus says, take care of my house, the kingdom, because guess what? I have Cinderella's castle right here and I'll just put you up there if you want. Sound good? I got a room for you up there. I can get you an extra pillow, whatever you need. I've got a place for you. You don't have to worry about those things in my kingdom, right? Now, this right here, this selfishness, this envy, this is called sin. And sin disconnects us from God, okay? Isaiah talks about that. Isaiah 59, 1 through 4 says, See, the Lord's hand is not so short that he cannot save and his ear not so closed that he cannot hear. It's saying, 
God is right there. He is, he is reaching his hand out. He wants, he is, he's reaching his hand and he wants to give an invitation. I'm right, the kingdom is right here. It is in your midst. Just take my hand and follow me. Let's go. I can hear you. I can hear your voice. I can hear what you're trying to get. And I'm saying, hey, it's going to be okay. I know you need those things. Let's go. Like th- This is the type of God we serve. This is who our king is. But he's saying, your wrongdoings have kept you away from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear you. Just move on from Isaiah from there, okay? It's in your notes. You can read more about that. But God wants to partner with us. But he can if we keep running off from Anaheim into East Compton, right? It's like keep running away from what he wants from us. Um, God wants to heal us, but he knows that we're broken and we need help. Like so much so that like we, we see the invitation and we know what it's going to require, but it's like, I don't think I can write that check. Like just to be like honest, it's hard to give up my life because I like my life, Right? It's like, that's the truth about who, who we are, where we're at. But the truth is, is God's saying, give that up. And, and guess what? You're, you're not going to really be able to do it, so I'm going to help you. So I'm giving you the invitation, but I know you're going to fail at that invitation. You're not going to come in. You're keep gonna get, walking up to the gate saying, okay, I'm ready to come in now, God, and then you're going to keep running off. You're going to keep going scared. You're going to keep living in fear. And I want to help you with this. And so Jesus not only gave the invitation, but he said, I'm willing to pay the price too. I'm willing to pay for your ticket to get into the kingdom. And so uh, we, we see this here in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. We see the type of God that we serve, the type of king that we serve in his kingdom. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. This is, this is the way God shows his love, is what it's saying. While we are still sinners, while we were his enemies, right? Christ died for us. So he knows that we can't give up our life because we keep striving after it. And so he goes, guess what? Because you can't do it, I'm going to do it for you. I will give up my life. I will model what it looks like to give up my life and show you really, that this is the way to live. Even for my enemies, even those who are furthest away, even those who think there's no hope for me, I'm too far gone, I'm way too lost, God has no no purpose for my life, He he died for you. He wanted to pay your way into the kingdom. He said, hey, I see you, your little kid lost in East Compton. Come on in. Like, I've got a place for you in my kingdom. I want you to come and experience the happiest place on earth. Come on and see the sights. The, the, the problem here is, you know, this still hasn't changed what's going on here. Like, Jesus paid the price, but can you imagine? The kingdom, the goodness of the kingdom is no longer the goodness of the kingdom. If we all go inside the kingdom and then we keep like pickpocketing each other, right? It's like, it's no longer the happiest place on earth, right? So there's still, there's still a problem here. And uh, we can see this problem. Actually, I realized in the life of the, the disciples of Jesus. So 
Jesus, um, he, he gives up his life. He, he's crucified, and the disciples, who are like so bold, and Peter's about ready to cut guys' heads off, when Jesus isn't there anymore, he's like, they're all hiding. I mean, literally, there's a story in our Life Together group where we're talking about the resurrection, and Jesus shows up, and they're behind a locked door. <laughs> and that's just, the, that's just where they were. And then he shows up a, a few days later, and they're still behind a locked door. And then, and then while he's there, while he's walking with them for those 40 days he was on this earth before he ascended into heaven, he, they're, they're, they got their swagger back. They're like, yeah, we're, we're with the king, right? And then, and then he ascends to heaven, and they're like, back behind the locked door. We catch them in Acts chapter 2, and they're like, they're just the, them in a room praying, like scared to death, wondering what in the world's next for them. But Jesus had made them a promise. Acts 1 verse 8 says this, you, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So God didn't just give the invitation. He didn't just pay our way. He said, just like Disneyland, everything is going to change when you walk through the, the gates. When you walk in the doors, nothing is going to be as it was before. And everything is going to be as it should be. Right? That's what God's kingdom is because it's not going to be rules and laws and regulations and contracts that change hearts. In fact, it's going to be something completely different. My spirit, the spirit of God, has to interact with your spirit and change you from the inside out. Right? And so we actually see this happen with the apostles. The apostles are living in fear. They're wondering when the Roman centurions are going to come and arrest them and crucify them the exact same way that Jesus was. And that's where they're at in Acts chapter 1, after Jesus ascends to heaven. And then in Acts chapter 2, the beginning of the, the chapter, it says the, that the Holy Spirit actually does show up. Jesus' promise does come true. They're in this little room on the second floor of this house. And they're like, the, the Holy Spirit says, comes on them like tongues of fire. It must have been something amazing to see. And something changes, switches inside of them. And they're actually deciding, oh, instead of hiding and being scared and being in fear and worried about my own life, worried about uh, whether or not somebody's going to come and kill me, uh, I'm starting to worry about what other people are doing. That the fact that there's people out there in this city right now who haven't heard about the love of Christ, who don't understand that, that forgiveness is within their reach, that they don't have to worry about living in shame anymore, that they don't have to worry about living their old life anymore, that there's a different path their, their mindset is completely radically changed to the point where their behavior shows it, and they go up on the rooftops to a city on a holiday weekend, kind of like it's Memorial Day weekend here, right? Uh, they, it was the, the Feast of Tabernacles in Jerusalem, so there's thousands of extra people in the city, and they're just up there like in the morning preaching, and people think they're drunk, right? It's like this crazy scene that's happening because God's Spirit came on them and changed them from the inside out, it's kind of like this. Uh, in the 1920s and 30s, the United States, were, they were trying to figure out what do we do about, there's people literally dying and falling sick because uh, they're, they're uh, from, from uh, illnesses that are completely preventable just by regular vitamins and minerals. What do we do about that? How do we get these vitamins into people's bodies? And they decided what we're going to start doing is we're going to start fortifying 
food. So it actually has the essential vitamins and minerals necessary for people to, to be healthy, right? And so they started putting, first thing they started doing is putting iodine and salt. And then they started putting vitamin B and iron in flour. And then they started putting vitamin D in milk. And then they started putting calcium in everything, right? And it's just like, they, they, they started giving us the vitamins and minerals, the nutrition we need. Uh, and, and it's kind of the same way with God's spirit. It's like, my spirit on my own, it's not good. It's not healthy. But when God's spirit comes and partners with it, infuses itself into my spirit, like something changes. Like I actually take on the very nature of God's spirit. And I no longer have to live in fear. I no longer have to live worrying about what am I going to get with my next meal? Uh, God's saying, no, start to think about my ways. Join in me with the, the kingdom. Step inside these doors. And I'll change the way that you see the world. Like, you step inside the kingdom, and nothing is as it was before. Christ has given us the invitation. He's given us the payment to get through the door. He's also infused us with the power to live the life that he's called us to live inside of his kingdom. In fact, we see it here at the very end of this first sermon that Peter gave on the very first day of the church in Acts chapter 2, verse 37. Uh, Dave used this one last week, but it's so good we got to use it again. Acts 2, 37 says, When the Jews heard this, their hearts were troubled, and they said to Peter and the other missionaries, Brothers, what shall we do? We believe this message. What should we do? What are you gonna, what, what's the next step, are they saying? Keep going. Peter said to them, be sorry for your sins and turn from them. Other translations say repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and your sins will be forgiven. I don't care where you're from. I don't, I don't care that you're from East Compton. The truth is, we're all from East Compton. It, we, 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 it's, kinda, it's, it's like this, this place we like to say we're from. Not the place we like to say we actually live in, but that's where we're all from, honestly. And he's saying, don't worry about where you're, where you're, the, the stuff from your past. That's all forgiven. That's all gone. You'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you and your children and to all the people everywhere and to as many as the Lord our God will call. And here's, here's the reality, is that we are the all your people everywhere. And we're the children's children's children, right? We're, we're the ones that, that, that Peter is talking about right there in that passage. And we're sitting here going, do you want to live in the happiest place on earth? Do you want to live in the place where God's blessing is? Do you want to live in the place where peace flows like a river, where it just feels like everything is as it should be? Is that where you want to be? Well, God is saying, come on in. In fact, it's, it's, there's like, there's like a, a subway line that leads right there. He's saying, all you got to do is repent. You got to turn towards me, is what that means. Turn towards me and be baptized. If you believe in me, turn towards me and be baptized. I will give you all the tools you need to live in this kingdom. Because it's such a good kingdom. Right? Yeah, so... Today, we're actually going to be, just in a minute, going to be baptizing a few people today that have signed up and that are ready to come up. And what I want to tell you is I want to say, 
it's not too late for you to do the same today. If God has been speaking to you, if you've been going, man, my life is full of a bunch of junk. I'm tired of this stuff. I'm tired of the chaos. I'm tired of the turmoil. I'm tired of the drama. I'm tired of relationships that are supposed to feel like heaven, feeling like they're hell. I'm tired of these things. I want to live in your kingdom, God. Then today's the day. <laughs> We've got a baptistry right here. We're willing to baptize you and, and to see God's spirit infused with your spirit and, and to start a different pathway. And next week, uh, actually, Mike Rutledge is going to be preaching about that pathway. After we've accepted the invitation and walked in the kingdom, how do, what does that look like? I mean, there's a bunch of us who've probably been in the church for years, and the, the church teaches the good news is salvation. So we walked in. Uh, it's like we got our ticket. We walked in the entryway, and we've been sitting in the corner of the, the gate at Disneyland going, wow, this is cool. I can see Space Mountain. Wow. Oh, there's Mickey Mouse. But we're just sitting there at the gate, right? It's like, what is, what is when you walk into Disneyland, what are you going to do when you get inside? Do you stand at the gate? Come on. Do you stand at the gate? Yeah. No, you go in there and you ride the rides and you enjoy the experience and you go out there and you have fun and you take selfies and you enjoy yourself. That's what you do. You eat food that's overpriced, all that stuff with a smile on your face. Jesus is saying, hey, without the overpriced food, I've got something for you. I want you to come in and experience my kingdom because it's so good. So today, if you're wanting to partner with God, if you want to partner with him in such a way that it brings peace into your life, uh, we actually are going to have some people over here in this corner uh, my team, Casey, Rachel, Amy, they're going to be over here, and they're happy to have a conversation with you about what it looks like to follow God. Like, if you're willing to give your life to him today, then come on up. Come on down right now. Um, the worship team is going to be coming back up here, and, uh, and, and we're going to go ahead and head into uh, our time of worship in just a minute. But you probably, I don't know, you're, you're sitting up here. If there's something, God's, you know God's been speaking to you. If there's something been stirring in your soul, just know we're ready for you today. God is ready to engage with you, to interact with you in a whole different way and change the way that you engage with the world around you. So we'd love to have you come and chat with that. Come down during this song. We're going to be singing a song called Come to the Altar. And so you can come down into this corner if you want to accept it. Otherwise, just everybody, let's stand up and let's worship together.